Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Nation, we are back. It has been a long off season, but we are finally back. We are exactly a week away from the start of the NFL season. We, we we're going to get a amazing showdown slate right out the gate with the, the the what Bills and Rams going right into a really solid week one of the NFL season for the main slate. But first, Maddie, how we doing? How have you been? Now with a dad life. Oh, dad life's been great. Um, you know, every every day seems to be a, a new challenge, and it seems like she's uh, she's learning something new every day and picking up those motor skills. Uh, so it's cool to you know see her grow. But uh, trying to stay stay up to speed on the sleep. Uh, some nights are better than others, but uh, that you know that comes with the territory. So yeah, it's been it's been good, man. No no issues over here. It's been great. Um, but also just coming, you know. Coming off MLB, this is you know really my time to to grind back into NFL. I, as I was mentioning pre-show, I think I've done zero best ball drafts this year, which is you know unlike me. But you know, been grinding MLB pretty hard. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the MLB luck transitions over into NFL. So we shall see. I'm ready. I am ready. I am tired of. Uh, I am worn out about talking about you know the draft or you know uh, you know draft season redraft. Uh, and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to DFS uh, and get back into that and kind of the grind of it. So, um, you know, obviously we are going to be going live again next Thursday, uh, which where we go live every Thursday. But we'll be really jumping into the week one slate uh, next week, going a deep dive. We're going to be bringing on Derek Brown for the first uh, first week. Looking forward to that. D-Bro is always D-bro. in good company. Uh, probably tell me he's an idiot within the first five minutes of the show. But that's just, you know, on brand for me. So... First things first, you know, let's just kind of look at uh, the implied totals, kind of the totals for next week. Just kind of give us a good idea where some of these totals are right now and if uh, we get any major changes through uh, through next year or through next week. Uh, right now, you pretty much have the Chiefs at the top at 21 or 28.75 implied point total with a 53.5 over-under. That is the highest on the slate, followed by the Rams or the, uh, the Chargers and the Raiders where the Chargers have a 28-point implied total and a 52-and-a-half total. Matt, is there, for you, when you first start looking at this, is there anything? Is there any games that kind of stand out to you that you think could be sneaky? Yeah, so I think uh, you know everybody tends to, to flock towards the high total games, which makes sense. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, Vegas is more right than they are wrong. This is the reason Vegas is Vegas. So, um, I mean, when you look at those high total games, like you mentioned, you got AZ and, uh, AZ and Casey – uh, Chiefs, Arizona, that's, you know, highest total of the week for good reason. Mahomes versus Murray. 
uh, and the Raiders and Chargers are not far behind with um, you know that new Raiders offense versus the high-powered Chargers offense. So I expect those two to be popular. So then you look at right below those two games, you've got two other games that I expect ownership to be, you know, probably more medi- on the mediocre side um, because I, I think most people are going to flock to those first two games. But you've got Philly and Detroit that's coming in at a 49 total. So just below, you know, about three points below those other two games. And then you also have Green Bay, Minnesota, which is sitting at 48. Uh, and and the, the, the neat thing about both of those games is they're both being played in domes. Um, so, you know, you don't really have weather issues week one. Um, and there's, that's four, four defenses that aren't particularly good. Um, you know, the Eagles have a good pass rush. And I know they just added a cornerback uh, via trade. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm still not sold on the Eagles defense being great. I, I think, you know, this, this Detroit offense is going to be, you know, they flashed sometimes last year, and I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. So I really like that Philly-Detroit game. And then the Green Bay-Minnesota game, you know, they those two teams on offense, they tend to, you know, score points against each other. If you go back and look at Cousins and Rodgers uh, against each other last year, they, they both put up big games versus, you know, the re- other team's defense. So – uh, those are the two games I think I'm probably going to end up focusing on, assuming ownership comes in, you know, mediocre for those two. Um, that's I think that's where my builds are going to start. If you were to go with the Green Bay, Minnesota, which side would you come out? Would you want to do like a a Cousins and Justin Jefferson stack, or if you went on the Packers side, do you have a do you have a lean towards which wide receiver, uh, you know, for the Packers you'd want to go with, like a Lazard or? Or would you go with like an Aaron Jones? I think I would probably go Aaron Jones uh, from the Packers side, just because there's so much uncertainty with Green Bay right now. I mean, we don't even know if Christian Watson's going to play. That you know, there's smoke and mirrors around that. Uh, you know, there's talk that you know Lazard may be the number one. He may just be an, just another guy that you know is just going to get the ball. But I mean, if you had to pick a wide receiver, it has to be Lazard, right? It has to. Um, I mean, we know Rodgers will target anybody and everybody, but mainly the guys he trusts. And Lazard and, and Randall Cobb uh, are the two guys that have been around the longest, along with Tunyon and the running backs. So um, for me, it's, you know, Aaron Jones is going to be, I would assume, you know, heavily utilized with no Devontae Adams in the pass game. Uh, so I really like Aaron Jones if, if stacking that game up. And then if I had to pick a receiver, it would be Lazard. Um I think it's probably easier to just stack the Cousins side and and pair him with Thielen, who's $5,400. And you can even roll with, like, maybe an Irv Smith um, or just play both Thielen and Jefferson with Cousins. That's that's fine, too. Um, I, th- I think the, the Minnesota side is way more predictable. And then, you know, you just roll – if you just roll Aaron Jones on the other side, you kind of avoid that wide receiver roulette that, that Green Bay possibly has going on. So, um I think, you know, that's a good point. You know, it's not very obvious, that game, but that game could be a lot of points. So I think that could lead to depressed ownership there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty good call, too, especially just avoiding – because, I mean, it's I, right now I think it's hard to say exactly uh, who that wide receiver is going to be. I mean, I think a lot of people think it's going to be Lazard. It could be Romeo Dobbs, uh, you know, with he really shined in camp and in preseason. But I don't know if he – like you mentioned, like – you know, Aaron Rodgers does tend to favor the players that he trusts the most. Um, so, 
I, I think I think you'd be it'd be a pretty big gamble going with somebody like Romeo Dobbs there. So, but I think just going, I think you can get the Aaron Rodgers exposure just going through Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be heavily utilized in the passing game this year. You know, the numbers bared out at least you know short small samples. I think it was like a seven game sample that Aaron or Aaron Jones um, averages like over twenty two PPR points uh, a game w- without uh, Devontae Adams on the field. So, um, I do like I do like that call as well. I think the Eagles uh, game, excuse me, the Eagles Lions game could also uh, bear a lot of fantasy goodness, and I don't think a lot of people are going to want to go there, um, especially early. And I think something else too, when it comes to DFS, especially Week One, is you're going to get a lot more casuals uh, that jump in and just want to jump in. You know, it's Week One, they're excited, you know, and maybe they don't play a whole lot of DFS. I think you can get a little bit of an edge there as well because I think everybody's going to go to this Chiefs Cardinals game or the Raiders and the Chargers game. I think those two are just going to be where most of the ownership lies because of how high this is. Though I will say, I do think with the on the Chiefs side of the ball, I think there's some leverage to be had because the Chiefs are in a little bit more of a similar situation where I think most people would go to Mahomes and Kelsey. And I don't know if people would go as much to like Juju. And then you have MVS, you have Sky Moore and McCall Hardman, where you could get a little bit different in your stack if you wanted to go with the Chiefs. And kind of just see whoever the most popular is, which I would assume it would be, you know, Kelsey one and then Juju two. And then so if you want to get a little bit different, instead of going like a Juju or Kelsey, maybe go with an MVS or Hardman. I think those are ways if you want to attack that game to just to get a little bit different. Um, I think you could do that as well. I don't even hate Clyde Edwards Alaire, personally. I know, yeah. I know it sounds gross, but I mean they don't really, I mean, other than McKinnon, like I, I'm not trusting Ronald Jones that, you know, all the, all the, the KC guys were saying he was a potential cut candidate and they ended up keeping him. But um, I didn't, I saw a little nugget that, you know, they're running more formations that's similar to what was run at LSU. And I don't, I don't think that's because they want, you know, Clyde Hubbard's a to, to become better. But I mean, you know, if there's, you know, more play types that are being run that, condoned to to his skill set i mean he caught what 60 balls in, in his senior year or, or his last year at lsu like the dude is not like we're just writing him off after you know one down year when he was like a, a consensus back back into the first round pick beginning of second round pick like I, i'm not ready to write him off just yet the only thing that worries me about him is that he they just don't utilize him on third downs and they don't utilize them in the passing game um, at least as much. I mean, we saw it last year with Daryl Williams. He was pretty much the third down and, you know, pat, like the passing game. And really, even, even goal line. I mean, they don't get Clyde Edwards to their goal line work either. And so, like, that's the only thing that, that, that he's – I think he's going to be frustrating is he's more of a 20-20 guy. But his price at 5400 though, on DraftKings does make him where I think it's easier to get to somebody like him. And you're right. I mean, he, he definitely could pop off. Um, I guess let, let's talk a little bit because, like, we don't want to go – we're not, we're, we're not going to go too deep into the pricing and everything else, but we just wanted to do something like a, just a little bit of an overlay. Typically, if you're new here, we usually go you know position by position. We don't go game by game. We go start quarterback, running back, wide tight end, then we'll build a lineup at the end. But because we're going to be right back here doing this again next week, we don't want to go through everything super heavy. But when you first – your first look at pricing, um, was there anything that really stood out to you? Yes, they did a – for the most part, they did a good job with the quarterbacks. I feel like because you really, you, I mean, you got to pay up for those top QBs. They're over 7K. Like Mahomes is what, 70, 77. 
So, I mean, it's it's not easy to fit a quarterback at 7,700. Um, so I think they did a good job with that. I also think um, that there's a ton of really good values in like the in like the mid price range. We'll talk about it, but like Michael Pittman, 5,500. Like there's some there's some clear misprices where guys are going to be priced, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred above what they currently are this week uh, as we go through the next couple of weeks. Um, and then there's also, you know, other position player guys like like McCaffrey and, and Taylor. You know, McCaffrey's 8,500 and Taylor's 9,100. You're going to have to make tough decisions on those guys. Those guys, you know, cost $2,500, 3K more than Saquon Barkley does. Um, so, you know, and, you know, if you're a believer in Saquon this year like I am, you know, it's kind of hard to, to pay, you know, 2K more, 2,500 more for, for McCaffrey than it is for Saquon, assuming that, you know, Saquon is going to do well uh, this year and especially this week because that's all we care about. But, um yeah, there's, it, it's going to be an interesting piece of the puzzle. Um, what I didn't see was there wasn't a ton of bottom of the barrel guys. Like there's Wandale Robinson we'll, we'll talk about next week at, at 3K. Um, but he was like the first and one of the few guys that I saw that's that low. I think they did a, a pretty good job of pricing up, you know, these, these role player guys that could end up being, uh, you know, heavily involved in some of these offenses. So all in all, I think I think the pricing is it's a little soft in some areas, but I think in other areas it's really good, especially a quarterback. Yeah, I think quarterback's fine um, for the most part. There's nobody that like stands out to me that, especially towards the bottom half, like there's nobody that shouldn't stand out to me of like guys that, especially at the bottom, that you really you know feel like is mispriced. I think there's some there's some definite options down below, especially you know if you want to go with like a Trey Lance or something like that. I think you could do like Trey Lance naked, you know, kind of like we used to do back in the day with like Cam Newton a lot where he didn't really want to pair him up with any of his pass catchers. But I think just, you know, playing him naked, I think is an option. He's only 6K, um, something like that. But at the other positions, like you already like called him out, like Christian McCaffrey at 8,500 is a steal. I mean, he's a guy that's usually always over 10K because of his usage, because of his pass catching involvement in the offense. It's not really – I mean, Cleveland does have a, uh, have a very good defense, but his pass catching, you know, he can pretty much crush anybody. And at 8,500, it's really hard not to like that. And then <clears> – <throat> Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, it's, he's playing the Texans. He's going to be very chalky. Everybody's going to want to play him. I mean, it's one of the best matchup running back matchups you have on the entire slate. And 9,100 is probably still feels a little cheap for him where he could probably you could look at him maybe being close to more of a 10K type guy, um, especially for the, you know, he getting be able to get that 100-yard rushing bonus. I mean, he hit over 100 yards plenty of times last year. But I think this kind of middle range of running backs kind of stood out to me because once you get past kind of a few of the top guys, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. I mean, you know, Alvin Kamara against the Falcons, he's he's cheap at 7,600. Uh, DeAndre Swift is, is another one that I like at 6,800. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, you know, looking through. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Travis Etienne's 5,600. Like I said, I'm not trying to go too deep, but even somebody like um, Antonio Gibson now – with what happened with Brian Robinson, like he's now back locked into being the starting running back here of this offense. And he's only, I think was 50 or yeah, 5,800, 5,600 at his price. And he's the starting running back playing Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, I think he is somebody that that we could look at, you know, in this middle range of running back. And then of course you have the absolute chalk. That's going to be Damian Pierce, who is 4,800. He is going do you view him at all like a free square at that price? 
I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him a free square. I think he's a good, I think he's a good play because of volume, but there's definitely paths where he doesn't hit a ceiling to where you don't you don't need him in tournaments. Because I mean, he's going to get what twenty carries, but in, the, well, so the, in the, the PPR I think the path, format, we the need path pass not, Yeah, the path for him not working out would be he doesn't get as much. He's not involved in the as, as yeah. involved in the passing game. And if Rex Burkhead gets that role, especially at least early on, and then if they and also if, they if fall, he doesn't score, yeah, and if, if if they fall behind quickly, um, yeah. then maybe he gets phased out uh, of the you know of this game plan. So I I'm gonna be really interested to see where his eighty where his ADP I'm still <laughs> suck and redraft uh, where his where his ownership lies uh, come next week. This is to see kind of because if if he's gonna be like mega chalk, I will have probably zero uh, of him because because there's. There's so many different ways for him to fail. I agree, and there's there, there's so many uh, good plays too in like that five five fifty five hundred range that I don't think it's necessary to just eat that forty eight hundred dollar chalk. Like Thielen's fifty four hundred against Green Bay that would be the game we just talked about. Michael Pittman's fifty five hundred. Michael Pittman's seven hundred dollars more, but he's way better chalk than Pierce is. Yeah, I mean, even like uh, Kenyon Drake, if he ends up being the starting running back uh, because J.K. Dobbins can't go next week, then Gus Edwards isn't ready. I mean, Kenyon Drake's only 5K against the Jets. Jeez. So I think, you know, I think there's some pivots there if you wanted to do something like that. Go I mean, that, in that Baltimore offense, like all you have to do, all you have to know how to do is just run forward. Like he, there's no, not really any, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I don't know much about NFL terminology, like in, in, in the huddle, but um, I'm sure it's a pretty, one of the easier offenses to pick up for an NFL running back would be Baltimore. Um, and I mean, his skill set should cater right to, to what Baltimore wants to do. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so Walido, appreciate you as always with a $20 Yes, sir. Hola, Maddie. <laughs> DJ Nation's freaking back. Oh, yeah, it is. It is back. We were supposed to be back last week, but you know, baby, baby duty came into play. Yeah, you know, man. Th- th- things happen, but yep. uh, we're we're happy to be back now, and I'm really looking forward to next week. Get get uh, D Bro on here, and uh, you know, cut it up with them. So, anyways, appreciate you, Walido, as always. So, anything at the tight? Is there anything at the tight end position? We have less than one position we really haven't talked about at all. Uh, is there anything that really stood out there? Yes, my tight end will come from the Philly Detroit game, one hundred percent. I will not. I will probably not roster a tight end outside of Hawkinson and Goddard. They're both below five K, and they're both they're both playing bottom of the barrel tight ends defenses. Both Detroit and Philly play. You know zone schemes that allow a ton of production to tight ends over the middle of the field. So that, and they're, I mean, Goddard and, and Hawkinson, those are two of the main guys on each offense. I just, I think they're, they're probably, they're both priced too cheap. Hawkinson's a 5,500 to 5,800 type player. And same for Goddard. I think he, he's, you know, he's going to end up in that $5,300 range. He's 4,500. So that's, that's where I'm going to end up personally. That is, a really, that is a really good price for Dallas Goddard at 4500 yeah. I mean, it's hard to really look past that. 
Yeah, and if you were, if I had to pick somebody outside of those two, those two, I mean, it's hard not to like Kelsey, right, against anybody. Um, but I, I really like Kyle Pitts, even against New Orleans. I really like him. Mariota, Mariota's always catered to tight ends. Like he, he fed Delaney Walker top five tight ends every single year for three years. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I mean, if you want to pay down a little bit, I think there's some options. David Ajoku. At thirty nine hundred, I think is a is a is somewhere you know that I have interest in. Uh, if, a part of a if you're doing a, a Minnesota stack, you want to get a little bit different. I think Irv Smith, if he plays at thirty four hundred, uh, is super cheap as well, and it's, that you can fit into your stack. You know, um, you know, past that, I mean, I, there's you know some guys like Brevin Jordan who could end up being a Packer. <laughs> I, I just knew hey. you were going to mention him. Yeah. Hey, how many times did I mention him last year? Especially at the end of the year last year. Oh, I mean, every single week. Yeah. And he, every every week he had two catches for 14 yards and a touchdown. That's all you need for your cheap tight end. That's all you need. Uh, the real question is, are we playing Dan Arnold? No, I can't do it. The, the, the preseason usage was terrifying. I can't. I would love to. Mo, Mo Ali Cox is an, is an interesting one for Indy against Houston. That's an interesting one. Especially if you were to play Matt Ryan and go Ryan Pittman Cox, that's a. I mean, Matt Ryan's like fifty five hundred, Pittman's fifty five hundred, and then Moali Cox is like thirty four hundred. That is a very very cheap three man stack. That's and he's got. Would you say the fourth or fifth highest total of the week? Uh, Indy, yes, they're the fourth highest, I believe. Yeah, so I mean they're going to score, and if it's yeah, not cool. if it's not a ninety one hundred dollar Jonathan Taylor that's scoring, I mean it's fifty five hundred dollar Matt Ryan, and he's throwing the ball to likely fifty five hundred dollar Michael Pittman, and then probably also Mo Ali Cox. So, I that's a really cheap stack there in Indy, and I really like that a lot. Yeah, you I think just, he's interesting, and you can run it back with uh, Walido's boy Brandon Cooks, who Davis Mills just peppers over and over and over again every single week. No, I think I think that's I, th- I think that makes some sense too as well. Um, let me ask you as well while we're while we're here, because uh, like I said, I mean we could get into the weeds on, on a lot of these options, but like I said, I'm trying to save some of this stuff. I don't want to reveal too much, uh, so we're you know we have a lot more to talk about next week, and so we're not just you know next week we're not just you know like we talked about last week, you know this guy, this guy, you know, um, so we can be a little fresh. Um, in terms of game selection, uh, you know, versus or you know. Um, Contest selection. What what is this? What what are things that you look at or type of contest you like to typically uh, play? I personally don't play in anything anymore that's over a thousand over a thousand people. I can't tell you the last time I played in something that's over a thousand entries. It's your your likelihood of winning first place is very 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 low, and most spots that pay out even if you have a high scoring day. Uh, and let's say you let's say you have a high scoring day and don't win, you're likely going to end up only like four xing. But where if you were to you know win a tournament that only had like 200 people, yeah, sure your your payout for first place is not going to be near what it would be if you were playing a thousand people if you and win first place there. But your your first place win is going to be more like 20x on that small tournament. So you're just increasing your bankroll just by playing in those smaller contests because. When, coming in first in a tournament is really all you care about. Um, so just increasing your chances to come in first is, is really the big the big thing. And even if you've, you know, 
got to go go up in entry fees just a little bit to make it work. I think it's definitely worth it because throwing small dollars at at the twenty thousand people or you know even like five thousand people is I think it's just a waste of waste of money over over the long run. You're going to end up losing because it's not sustainable. Like you have a good day and you get three x or 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 two x, and it's like well dang. But whereas if you get, jump in a smaller tournament, you know you got five six seven x. Uh, you know, then you can go five weeks on, on that same, it's five weeks of lo- losing on that same entry amount and, you know, and you still would make your money back. So, um, I, I think there's also, the that I've made. <clears throat> well, but I think there's also something to part of that as well is that like, I think whatever you first, like, especially if you're like, if you're new to the FS or you haven't played it very long, you see those huge contests with those bets, huge yeah. prizes. They suck and, in. Yeah, and you, you like, oh, I want to play this, but I mean, I mean, some of those contests have like three, four hundred thousand entries in them, and it's just the chances of you winning that. And the, the the other good part that you don't have to worry about is that you you don't have to worry about that off the wall, correct? Less than one percent, just random person, yep. a player that somebody threw in that nobody was on that happens to you know take down a tournament or something like that. You don't have to worry about those yeah. things. Uh, the smaller the field, generally speaking, the more cash it, it becomes, right? Where a lot of the same plays are – a lot of the teams are very similar, but it's those making those small little adjustments to kind of get your lineup unique versus having to try to c- come up with the most unique lineup you can. Because, I, I mean, because w- once you start stretching out how, how many entries are in a tournament, even if you're talking like 30, 40, 50,000 you know, entries in a tournament – that's still you still have to you come up with you know even you have to be even more unique uh, because of the how many different entries are going to be in there because you will look at the top of all those every every week and be like how did these people even get on these players yep. you know but it's because they're using you know fantasy cruncher or whatever or, or the lineup optimizer and they're spitting out 150 lineups and boom you know and you know they they get all these random exposure to things and you're probably getting run over if you're if you're not able to enter 150 lineups into a tournament that's 150 max. I mean, I think you're wasting your time. Uh, so I have, I have gotten to the point where the the highest I will play in is a 20 entry max, and there's really only uh, one or two tournaments that I'll play in that that are that high. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the most part, though, uh, I will stick now to basically single entry or three entry max at the most because that will really limit you know you running into a lot of those things. Yeah, because then I mean you've got the same amount of teams as everybody else, so you're pretty you're on a pretty even footing with you know if me and you are the same skill level right at at DFS, but you have 150 teams and I have three, you know over the course of you know a season you're going to come out ahead of me just because you know you have more chances and we're the same skill level, so. That's, you know, that's why I like to play single entry or three entry max because I hand build my teams and, you know, that's, that's just what I do. And so, you know, I'm on an even playing field with, with folks. But to, more importantly, to your point, 
I can't tell you how many times I've been in a, you know, a 65 or 70 man field and, you know, something random will happen. Like even in baseball, you know, there's a random home run or football, there's a random, you know, 75 yard touchdown. And you're like, oh man, I bet the guy in first has this guy. And then you go to the DraftKings standings and you, you go to the players and you see that guy is not even on anybody's team. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm still, I'm still alive. Like I don't have to have that guy anymore to win. Right. So it's, um, it definitely makes your contests more winnable, the lower amount of players you go. Um, and also to your point about being unique when you're in those, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people contests, I mean, your lineups have to be perfect. So it gets to the point where, you know, so it's not always about correlating your teams and you, you just ultimately have to have the best plays uh, on the entire slate. So it's, it's a lot of times in first, first place, you'll, you know, you'll see there's some correlation, but there's a lot of one-off guys that, you know, are just the guys that ended up scoring all the touchdowns. So um, when you play in those smaller field tournaments, you can still be unique, but it's easier to be responsible about being unique, if that makes sense. Like you can, instead of stacking up Kansas City, Arizona, for example, just go stack, you know, Philly and Detroit. Whereas in the, in the, you know, the Millie maker, you know, people might end up stacking Chicago and San Francisco. And like, that's like a 41 and a half total, but you know, Trey Lance, sure. He could end up as the highest scoring quarterback on the slate, but it's unlikely. But I mean, those are the kinds of rosters and, and kinds of shots you have to take when you're playing in those really, really large contests. Whereas, you know, those those types of plays are, are going to be much less owned uh, and, and you're not going to have to get as creative with those. So that's why, you know, I like playing in the smaller field contest. You know where the field's going to go. The field tends to play the more chalky guys because they're the better plays and people tend to just play the best plays in those smaller contests. Um, and so you can just responsibly pivot to games that are still really good to, to load up on, uh, that they're just going to be lower owned. And if that game hits, you know, you win. And that's all, that's what it's all about is getting, you know, getting a couple tournament takedowns over the course of a, you know, 22 week season or whatever it ends up being after the playoffs are all said and done. But um, that's, that's the goal is, is to win, to win tournaments, uh, not to mend cash. So. Yeah. Do you, and then, I mean, cause you are also somebody that, that I want to say unique, but um, you only build one lineup every week, right? And you enter, you enter them to whatever contest you're playing, depending on how many single entries or whatever you're playing, but you only have your one, your main lineup, right? Yeah. Most weeks and some weeks, if I, you know, if I can't, can't decide which team or which stack I want to end up on, cause I still, I still do stack, even though I'm just playing one team. Um, you know, if I can't decide, you know, what, like whether this week, whether I want to go Jalen hurts with, you know, AJ Brown and Goddard and run it back with Swift and Amon Ra on the other side, or, you know, maybe I want to go cousins with Thielen and Jefferson and running back with Aaron Jones on the other side. Or if, if it gets down to that point where, you know, I don't have like a huge lean over one or the other, I'll just play both because it's like, I'm not going to sit here and waste, you know, waste time trying to decide between the two when they're a 50, 50 toss up. So, you know, I'll just play both. And, you know, hopefully one of those two is the right answer. Yeah. Um, I, I guess. So for people that are starting out, like let's say, let's say, or that, or that you maybe just start playing last year and you're just kind of, you know, getting your feet wet with DFS. Um, what would you say would be the, would the, the better strategy for them? Cause for me, like, I feel like if I was, if, if, cause I, I mean, I've had people ask before, like, especially like where I work at and stuff like that, um, you know, that have asked me about it and I kind of want to get into it. Like I always tell them the same thing. It's like, avoid the, avoid all the, the top contests. So you, as soon as you open the app, you go to the website, avoid all those top ones because 
because those are going to be all the, the massive contests like we just talked about and and try to find even if you want to go and play in the quarter go play in the dollar you know or whatever the the jukebox whatever you want to do and and really start like learning how to you know roster construction and how everything kind of works out or whatever but from there i still think people would be better off with you know finding a you know even if you wanted to a because i the thing i will never do ever is play cash and i think because ever because one i would like cry if i had this lineup that would have taken down a tournament and you played it in cash and you got your your money back or you 50 50 or whatever you know like and and so like to me i would just bother bush i play in a single entry or a three entry max you know and i think you can find a relatively you know a 12 dollar the 12 dollar you know i think is a good entry point um, for that, where they, well, they also, that. also too, these days everybody has access to all the content in the world that you could ask for from all you know, a lot of top minds in the industry. Whether it's free, you know, like sites like Fantasy Pros, or you know, whether you're paying for something behind a paywall, um, people are are taking in content everywhere. So, like, the really good plays are you know the obvious ones. And those are going to be 60% owned in cash games. And like, I don't want to, you know, not, I don't want to have to force myself to not play the really good plays, right? Just to be different. So, and also the cash lines in cash games are similar. They're, they're a little bit lower, but they're pretty similar to the cash lines in tournaments anyways, where you're going to 2X your money if you, you know, just min cash. So why not, you know, have that chance to, you know, 20X if you come in first or whatever the, the first place payout is. So that's why I think that the edge in cash games is gone completely these days and uh, playing in tournaments is, uh, is the way to go. Um, it's obviously feels more risky, but like I said, even if you were to, if you just win one tournament this year and it pays out, let's say 30 or 40 X and you play, were to play the same entry fees over the course of the year and lose every other week, you still come out ahead, you know, 15 X your money. Um, because you're losing, you would lose the other 20 whatever weeks that you played at your same entry fee. Um, so you're still, you know, you're still coming out ahead. So it's, it really is all about just winning, you know, a couple tournaments a year in NFL, um, really in any sport, but um, that's, that's the goal is, is to, to shoot for first. But um, the other thing I think is a mistake when people play in, or for new players is, you know, they try to get a little bit of every game because they're afraid that, you know, oh, I, I want a piece of the Chiefs. Oh, I want a piece of the the Eagles. Oh, I want a piece of the Packers. Oh, I want a piece of, you know, this team. And they end up playing, you know, like one guy here, one guy there. And it, it ends up being, you know, on paper, uh, uh, the best plays from each team. But at the end of the day, that's not necessarily what always works out. Because, I mean, good players have dud games, right, even when they're in good spots what you want to get right is the games that are right to get right. So that's, you know, when a game goes, when a game you're stacking is 33 to 30, you're getting all the points to that 33 to 30 game and you're blowing every other game out of the water because that's, that's the game you have the exposure to. And so it's a lot easier to get a game right than it is to get eight different players. Right. So that's why I tend to stack and correlate my lineups that way is because I think it's much easier to just nail a game and then, and then try to figure out, you know, the handful of players from that game that could crush and just play them all. If that game goes off, you're generally doing well. Yeah, and I would I would also say, too, that if you uh, really spread yourself out like that and want to play, you know, all the guys, whatever, then you end up – you're probably not – because you'd have to have, like, a, a perfect lineup. 
to hit yeah. on everything else to do so yeah. because you're going to be spread so thin. So you're going to end up having, you're going to end up losing a lot, uh, you know, because you, because if you, depending on how much you're playing, unless you're playing like the quarter or whatever, because the way I look at it is, if it was me, I would, I would try to find, you know, whatever you're, let's say you're, let's say you're, you're, you're playing fifty bucks every week. Let's just say that's that just easy number, right? I would try to make at least thirty to forty percent of that be just single entries, like your your main lineups that you're gonna play. And if you really want to try to get, you know, get a little bit different, have some fun with it, jump in the one dollar and throw in, you know, ten lineups or whatever there, and then get a little different. You can do whatever you want that, but I would still have my main core that I would, that, or the, your main lineup that you're running, or your main two or three lineups, however you want to do it. And that's your main core. That's your main player pool that you're running with. And then if you want to have like a side pool, like I said, of, of you know, 10 bucks every week that you play into the $1, uh, I, I think you could do that as well. And if you hit that, I mean, cause like, I think the $1, I think first place is like 10 K. So even, even if you did really well and you hit one of those, I mean, you could still, you still had a really good week, whatever, but you're not really, you're not killing yourself and you're not losing uh, a, a ton of money because if you, if you go into and jump into some of these other ones, the higher up you go, uh, you know, you're still you're still playing such a massive uh, pool, hey, but you're spreading yourself so thin. You're probably never going to win either. Yeah, <clears throat> and so I, I, I that's kind of the way that I would look at it and the way that I would run it. Um, so, lastly, we have to talk about showdown. I want to talk a little showdown. All right, Let's talk showdown. <laughs> it is it is my my favorite way to play now. Like I love the the main slate and all that stuff, and I get excited for it and all that stuff. But my favorite way, like I get I get amped for showdown slates every every Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Um, it's it's my favorite way to play because there's so many different combinations. And I, I took one down last year, which was awesome. We actually it happened live on the yeah, show. Yeah, we were live. Yeah, that. Thursday night uh, when when it happened. Um, it was, you were I, you were you were not paying attention to me at all. No, I, I, I completely checked out. Like, because uh, it was, I was right there, uh, and it was like right the last part of the game, um, and I, I took that down. That was awesome. That was the 49ers and the Titans game. Yep. But there's so many different variations of ways you can go with that. Um, with with, with showdowns, uh, I tend to find that like four 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 v twos is is usually the best way, or even like a, even getting crazy going a five v one, which is that's how what that. Works. That was that lineup that I took it down was where I had AJ Brown and the captain, and then I had five 49ers to mm-hmm. go with that. Um, uh, some other things that I never do is ever is play a quarterback in the in the captain uh, in in the captain spot. I think you're better off going with a running back and a wide receiver yep. in, in those spots. And so, you know, because like this week for the best example, like for like this week's showdown, uh, which I guess we can get a little more of that because we're not really going to talk about the um that on thursday so the you have like uh the rams and the bills and right now cooper cup is like 12 6 if i'm playing cooper cup i'm not playing him anywhere outside of the captain spot because he's so expensive uh and everybody's gonna play him and if you really want to get different it would be to fade him so either i'm playing if i'm playing him he's going in the captain spot because he has to go nuclear to pay off that price like he has to have that monster game to go off uh, to, to be worth it at that, at that cost where I would rather either if I'm going to play him, I'm not playing him in the flex. I will play him either in the captain or I'm fading him and I'll go with somebody else. Cause you're going to get huge leverage off that. Cause he's probably gonna be the highest owned captain as well. Uh, and I just think there's, there's much better options. I, like I think uh, Alan Robinson's like six, two, uh, I would rather play him in the, I'd rather play him in the captain. I think he makes a lot of sense uh, for a captain option going to the bill side. You know, you have digs, 
you know, we have to monitor what's going to happen with, uh, with Isaiah McKenzie. Cause he's only 2,600, I think 2,400, but I just, with showdowns though, I, the other thing I will mention is if you're going to play showdown, expect to chop it up with people. Uh, it's very rare to have a solo takedown. Um, I think the one that I won, I think it was me and one other person. So we tied that had the same lineup, which is pretty rare. Cause there's a lot of times like, the showdowns can be super frustrating because you could, you could be chopping it up with like 30 people. If like the, the main chalk of showdown hits, you're going to be chopping that up, which is super frustrating. Unless you, unless you put it, unless you, I mean, you, you probably have a little bit better option, uh, chances of doing that. If you play, if you, there is some single entry on, on showdown that maybe you can get into that maybe it's not as likely, but for the most part for showdowns, you're going to be chopping it up with people. Yep. I couldn't agree more with any of that. Yeah. So one thing that I found that you can do is run train lineups. So essentially you'd play like the same lineup in clusters. So like, let's say it's a 20 entry max. Maybe you'd play, you know, you have, end up having four or five different lineups and then you just you run that same lineup through, you know, through those clusters. And then, so if you do uh, either, you know, chop it up, you're, you're obviously getting more return on your investment or even just cashing, you're going to be a lot better off. Because, you know, with having so few of options, obviously it's one game you're relying on. I think the cluster strategy ends up being the best way to go with uh, if you're going to be playing in a multi, multi-entry multi uh, type uh, tournament for that showdown slate. So that's one way you can get a little bit of leverage. Yeah, I've never done the cluster strategy myself. Well, I assume you, I assume even on showdown, you probably still only play one lineup. Is that the way Yeah, mo- most of the time, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. And you're, are you? Do you still try to play single entry or three entry max on showdown? Yeah, for the, yeah, I t- I tend to play in all the same size contests regardless of what the slate is, whether it's showdown or classic. Yeah, so it would make any it wouldn't make sense on that way, but and also never play defenses or kickers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a rule. You, people should you do that. You play them in uh, when there's low low total games. You play defenses and kickers. They they tend to be more uh, more optimal. They're I know, but high, I just hate, high scoring I hate games myself. though. You need all position players. I hate myself for doing it. Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely one of those uh, sex with jeans on t- t- type of plays. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's nothing worse either. I will say. Uh, than, than having to do that, and then your kicker goes out and gets five field goals and you didn't play him, and he just got buried by the kicker. But, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. But I will say the the opposite side of that, the best feeling is when you your your $200 play ends up scoring a touchdown and you're, you're you know, going off because he was 1%. Oh, yeah. And, and, he, and, he, and he ends up paying off. Those for, for, me, for me, I just won't – I get excited when my $200 play is on the field. <laughs> touches the ball gets a catch right it's like my 200 dollar play every every it's crazy when you play showdown you're just you're plugged into every single snap you're like oh my god this guy got a two-yard rush oh my god wait do i have i that's not good for me it's like you're just sweating these two-yard rushes or you know like i remember i played like josh gordon on a chiefs showdown last year when he was 200 and i think he just he just whiffed a touchdown catch like it I can't remember if it hit him in the helmet or you just missed him completely. But I was like, oh, my God, no. I, I had like a, a 5% Josh Gordon, and he missed, you know, using him like a tight end at the goal line, and he just completely whiffed on a Mahomes fastball. And it's like, no. And the announcers are like, you know, 
Josh Gordon's just out there trying to get his feet under him. You know, you can expect him to have some, some, uh, some growing pains as he, as he's here to learn and get back in the NFL, NFL shape. And I'm like, no, damn it. Catch the ball. That's a touchdown for me. But it's like, you're, you're just, you know, every, every single snap means something to you on showdown, which is pretty cool. Not good for your health, but eh, who cares about that? Yeah, I'll never forget. I think it was a few years ago. I think it was Travis Benjamin, maybe. For the probably, it a, probably. And it was a Chargers. Yeah, it was a Chargers game, mm-hmm. and he was like two hundred. And I played him in some lineups, and he, he he barely played, but he goes in, catches a sixty-yard bomb for a touchdown, and just I just lost it. But I don't know. It, it's it's a lot of fun, and with, with showdowns, I mean, things could change very quickly. I mean. Though it, it, even even the worst, mm-hmm. like even just like a last play of the game where they do one of those little dump offs real quick. Yep, game's over. They, they, they some random running back that somebody had all of a sudden you know goes for thirty yards. Or they're, they're doing laterals and laterals, and then the defense picks it up, and it's a fumble recovery touchdown all of a sudden. Yeah, or what? It's, it's crazy shit. So they and it can completely flip uh, the the slate on its head when those things happen. So I don't know. I just love showdowns, and I think that's a. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go with them, but uh, my the, from playing you know the last couple of years, and I play a ton every you know uh, every single week. I I'll, I play every single showdown slate, and you know I think going either like a five v one or a four two I think is the best way to go. Um, and don't be afraid of you know even if you're on the two side, you know one of those being the captain. Like I said, that's how I did with the five v one where I had one from the Titans. The only player that I wanted was AJ Brown played him in the captain. All the rest were 49ers. I didn't have the yeah. quarterback or anything like that. So, um, so anyways, well, we've been going for 45 minutes now. Um, wouldn't be a show with us if it didn't go too long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, like I said, I know this is kind of bare bones a little bit, but we didn't want to, with us do it coming right back here next week. We didn't want to. No, uh, that was good though. Cause I mean, we, I mean, we talked about, you know, games and, and, and players a little bit, but I mean, we focus a good amount on, on strategy and game selection. So I, I definitely think that's a good kickoff show for the week. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, uh, a couple of questions we have here. Thoughts on my 14 team half point PPR. It's not the prettiest. Uh, Kyler Murray, Debo, Thielen, CMC, Connor, Damian Pierce, Christian Kirk, Hunter, Henry, and Saints DST. That's the starting lineup. I think that looks fine. Especially in a 14 team. Yeah, 14 I mean, team. That's pretty yeah. solid. I mean, to, to be able to get Christian McCaffrey and Connor, and I think Damian Pierce I mean, ends up. Henry, Hunter Henry might be the only hole in that team, but it's tight end, so you're, you're allowed to have a hole there. So there's, you know, only five good ones in the NFL on a weekly basis. So, Yeah, no, for sure. So I mean, overall, I, th- I think this is actually a really, really solid team. Wide receivers are pretty good. I don't know what your bench looks like, but I think you did well. I think it's especially, like I said, 14-team leagues. I mean, you're spread even more thin yeah. with the options you have. And you you have a really solid run, a group of running backs. Like I said, Damian Pierce ends up being a steal. That's a good season-long team. It, it feels safe. It feels like a safe lineup. There's a lot of safety there with, you know, not too many risky guys. Yeah. And then Flappy, uh, my wide receivers are Lamb and Jefferson, and my running backs are Etienne and Dobbins. How well are those two categories? Uh you crush Lamb and Jefferson, yeah. I mean, that's two of the top five easily. Yeah. Running back, I really like Travis Etienne. I like but him too. Dobbins scares the hell out of me. With yep. his, he's still yeah. hurt. He's not ready to go. And now we got the video of him limping in practice. And he's awfully, he's awfully defensive, isn't he? Like people post about him, and he goes into the comments and like starts talking shit to him. I'm like, I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like, why even say anything? Like, well, like, what's the point? But 
I will I say know. this. Did you see the video of uh, the drill he was doing and he limped afterwards? No, I didn't see it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, it, it was yesterday or something. I didn't think it was that bad. Like, people were talking about it, like, on Twitter and everything. Like, oh, my God, he's got this limp. And, like, I, you have to, like, really be looking for it to see, like, he, that he limped, you know? And it could have been, like, I don't know. He could have been doing all kinds of things. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that, about the whole situation. But Maybe he had to poop. Maybe. Like, it, it must be a, a Baltimore thing. Didn't Lamar go poop and then came back and – Won the game for them. Oh yeah, that, that, the was crazy, that, was that crazy game, game against Cleveland. Yeah, I was against yeah, the Browns. That's right. So, anyways, but yeah, I think your wide receivers are fantastic here, but your running backs, uh, mainly Dobbins, worries me a little bit. Um, so, but I do like those wide receivers. I think you did well there. So, anyways, I don't think we need to waste anybody else's time. Uh, I think this was a good uh, jumping off point. Uh, we wanted to kind of get back in the groove, get back in the saddle. Uh, we will be here every week all the way through really the Super Bowl. Uh, we, you know, we do playoffs, which might be our favorite. We, we have our uh, infamous uh, Thanksgiving Day slate show that we come on for a three-game slate and talk for four hours uh, about, you know, three <laughs> games. that uh, happens every year. Uh, yeah, that, we, that one, we usually get Ryan on and uh, some of the other boys on for that one. That's yeah, that'll be here before time. you know it. It's crazy. Yeah. I know it flies by. It's almost week one. Next thing you know, it's you know you're onto the Thanksgiving slate. This year too, though, I'm kind of looking forward to because we're also going to Christmas Day slate with the three game slate. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get two of those this year, which I am really excited about. Yeah, because usually I'm playing NBA on Christmas Day, and but uh, now we get NFL, and I can play that instead. Well, in the NBA, yeah, I mean, you're is that that day is like packed with sports. Oh, it always um, is in NBA at least. And the Christmas Day slate, I think, is actually better than the Thanksgiving Day slate, if I remember. Because you have Packers and Dolphins, which is okay. Broncos-Rams, which could be an elite game to play you know, for DFS. And then you also get Bucks-Cardinals, which is really good. Okay, yeah, that is a really good three-game slate. So it's a, it's a really good slate. Assuming, assuming there's no big injuries. But. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, those teams aren't wrecked by injuries by the end of the year. Yeah, or Tom Brady retires. Oh, yeah. Or Dancing with the Stars, whatever he wants to do. Mask Singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this year's Thanksgiving slate isn't terrible. It's the Bills and the Lions, Giants and Cowboys, and then Patriots yeah. and Vikings. Like, okay, just stack Bills lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Daniel Jones will come out here slinging yeah, the rock, and you know, maybe. I don't Giants know. Cowboys game could go off. But D- Dallas needs to. I mean, if they don't sign forty-year-old Jason Peters, I didn't see if they actually signed him today. Or not, but I know he was visiting. But they're they they won't be able to protect Dak if he if they don't grab somebody like that. And they don't. Even, they're already without wide receivers. Gallup's hurt. They got rid of Cooper. Yeah. Consider me one of the few that that thinks Dallas's offense is not going to be very good. So yeah, we'll find out. So, anyways, that being said, um, so. Like I said, we'll be back here again next Thursday night. Uh, you know, tilting our first uh, you know showdown slate. Yep. And you know, we'll like I said, we'll have Debro on next week. We're gonna have a lot of guests on. We'll have Debro on quite a bit this year. As much, uh, I told him he could have an open invitation. Whatever he wants to be on, he can be on. He's like a third member, unofficial. Just third member just send show. him the Streamyard every week, and yep. when he joins, he joins. Because when he gets that link, I know he gets the itch. If he goes and pours himself a glass of bourbon, uh, he, he tends to jump on. Yeah, we had multiple times, not last year with the years prior, where he would, you guys didn't even know he was going to come on, and I would just send him the link, and he would just yep. randomly jump on for the show. We love it. Yeah, 
and we'll, we'll try to get Ryan back on the show as well. So uh, we'll get him on. We'll, but that, at that point, we'll have to talk about FanDuel. We'll have to talk FanDuel, yeah. That's okay. We can make the sacrifice to get Ryan on for a show. Yeah. So we're, we are mainly a DraftKings-only uh, type show. Anyways, that being said, we're happy to be back. NFL season is a week away. I am excited. I am ready for DFS. I am and had enough of talking about seasonal-long leagues and all that stuff at this point. I am ready for the season to be here to actually start talking about real games, stuff that really matters. So, with that being said, Maddie, congratulations on the the new, the, the new one. Yes, and sir. here's to a new year. We're going to crush this year. We're going to yes, win sir. a lot of money. We're going to take a lot. We're going to take to take down some tournaments again this year. So, strap it in, and we will see you guys again next week. Enjoy your weekend. We we'll out see you on the next one. We out. Think you can tell me what to do? Who you're talking to? When you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Yeah, that's a break, little man. Break it down. Think you're a big man. Treat you like your little man What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.